0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Wilco the Podcast, episode eleven. I'm joined via Chicago, via Denver, by my co-host and bestie Lance Hill. Lance, how you doing? I'm I'm good. I like that I like that lead in right there. That was good. You know, I had to get a little Wilco reference going. Lance, tonight's episode is one that you've been wanting to tackle for a while, and we figured we'd finally dive in. That's right. We're talking addiction, which is yeah. a, a topic that this band is is well familiar with. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kind of fill in the blanks here as to why that may be? Well, I'll first, say, I don't know about you, but but like preparing for this episode, I I don't
1: think I'm coming in with the same like uh, mood as as talking about childhood. Right. That was that was fun, and this this was equally thoughtful. But uh,
0: it's a heavy topic.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a different mood than childhood. And uh, we thought we would kind of set the table for why we are discussing this theme. Um, most people know that Jeff Tweedy has struggled with an addiction to opiates in the past. Um, I was talking to, to Morgan on the lead up and I said, I think, I think we need to tell the story. Just, just to get everybody up to speed here, Um, Morgan. How much of this, like, how much of Tweety's struggle with opiates did you know prior to leading up to this episode?
0: Yeah, I. Well, being a big fan of Ghost is Born, I kind of knew like the background, like the, I guess the Cliff Notes version. And there, there's a when I was researching for this episode, there's so much uh, material out there around this because I feel like. You know, this was coming off the heels of Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. The band had like kind of just exploded critically. Um, so there was like a little bit of a spotlight on the band. And then, um, this news kind of came out. And so I feel like there's a lot of news articles or like interviews where, where people are asking Tweety about his experience in rehab. Um, so that, yeah, I guess there's a lot of information out there and, uh, I haven't read everything, so I, I know like the bullet points, but hoping you can kind of add some color to that. Totally.
1: I think about Tim Grierson and I'm not sh- sure that he said this on the air, but he, he said it to us before we started recording that, uh, you know, Tweedy started talking about mental health issues in a public way about his own personal struggles kind of before it was cool right like we're talking Mm -hmm. about early 2000s right which which you you were exposed to wilco before i was you you came on board with a ghost is born when you picked up that cd how much of his how much
0: of the backstory did were you familiar with wilco I had, I had no idea. I was like, this album cover looks cool. I know Wilco is supposed to be like the next, the American radio head, right? As they said. Um, and so I picked it up at my local Target. And you know what's funny is, it kind of leads into one of my song choices. I won't get into it yet. But I remember cherry picking like my favorite tracks to put on my iPod. Because I, you know... Back in the day, you only had so much storage, right? Yes, so right. I was like, "Ooh, I'm going to skip this song, this song, and this song, and I'm going to put these other other tracks on." <laughs> that struggle so, was real, yeah. And so uh, I say I'm like a big fan of Ghost is Born, but you know, going back to 2004, like I always listened to it in an incomplete way. I it would it would skip tracks that I wasn't oh wow <laughs> like super uh, drawn to. At the, are, you, at the time. are
1: you, do you, do you, I, I feel like this is most people, but like you start to sequence the album in the way that you hear it most frequently. So like, Oh, I, I'm I'm expecting after less than you think the mm-hmm. late greats is going to come on. Did you start to like, uh, expect the album to go differently? Yeah.
0: And when I, when I would go back and actually listen to it on the actual CD, I'd be like, Oh yeah, this song is on.
1: <laughs> it's this on a song. bonus track.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I know that struggle. Yeah, I'm still an iPod fan. And uh
0: yeah, you got to you got to conserve space sadly. Yeah. Or you could just stream. Yeah, now you can now it's all there at your fingertips. Anyway, back to uh the topic here. Yeah. Let's set the table here. A lot of what I'm pulling from is from
1: Jeff's own words in Let's Go so we can get back his memoir. He is extremely open in that book. We got to go back to childhood. Let's let's take it back to the last episode. This boy was struggling with migraines very early on. In fact, he says he thinks he was six when he learned they were called migraines. To me, I hear that I'm like, if that's when you heard, that's what they were called. Yeah, you had them earlier than six. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, he said they were so bad. You know, he he frequently vomit. That vomiting sometimes would caused him to end up in the emergency room, dehydrated. He says one time he missed 40 consecutive days of school because of migraines came back to school. And like the kids didn't remember who he was. Um, like, I think we need to understand these were intense. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never struggled with migraines. Thankfully. I don't know what this is like, but this, this sounds grueling. He says, I grew up in a house full of caring people. My parents were nurturing and wanted me to be happy and healthy, but it was a different time. If a kid from my generation moped around a lot and was frustratingly inconsolable, my parents' generation typically response would be, what's wrong with you? You have nothing to cry about. I'll give you something to cry about. I could try to tell them I just feel sad for no reason. But it was much easier for them to understand if I was visibly in pain. In other words, the migraines were a way of making psychic pain visible to the people around me. I I hear that and and it sounds a bit like depression. Like, here's a sad kid that that generation did not necessarily understand. Oh, my kid is sad. My kid is depressed. And maybe there was some sort of subconscious physical effort where Tweedy's body was saying, I'm I'm struggling. Please, please notice. I, I don't know. Maybe he's speculating there. That seems deeply thoughtful and intuitive. But yeah, to, to speed the story along, Jay Bennett's in the band later on. Jay Bennett is uh, using prescription medications freely in the loft. Jeff talks about like, I didn't really want to be at the loft with that kind of environment. Which the loft, right? Like that's Wilco's HQ. Like that's 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 where all the action takes place. He said one time, Jay Bennett was showing up to the loft at six a.m. to receive a FedEx package. A FedEx package of prescription drugs. Right. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Tweedy was on a tour. And somebody freely had Vicodin. He takes the Vicodin. He feels awesome. Kind of tucks that away in his mind. Later on, he convinces his psychiatrist to prescribe him Vicodin because he has anxiety. And I think the story really picks up when he's going to pick up his prescription of Vicodin. He's pulling through a drive-thru pharmacy. And... The young attendant that that fills up the prescription recognizes Jeff. He's like, "What, Jeff Tweedy of Wilco?" He he kind of like wink, wink. He's like, "I got you. I, I tripled your prescription," and he kind of makes like that that phone me like, "Hey, hit me up if you need me again. I got you." Um, Tweedy, Tweedy says. Vicodin made him feel good within an hour of taking it. Tweedy talks about like this this was not about a rock and roll like let's numb out lifestyle.
0: This was about like just feeling normal. Probably like yeah, normalizing to the point of like okay, now I can tour, I can keep this band going. Yeah. Exactly. He said not everyone has this reaction, but opiates energize me.
1: The warm maternal sense of well-being that every opiate addict loves was was there too, of course. But for me, at least, it was like waking up from the perfect night's sleep. I was alert, motivated, clear-headed. I felt normal. I had never really been attracted to oblivion as a key component of some dunder-headed rock and roll mythology. To me, rock and roll required more awareness and commitment. I thought this is what other people felt like all the time. So why was I not allowed to feel that way too? I could go for a walk or read a book or write a song and I wouldn't fall into a heap on the floor in a fit of weeping and panic.
0: So what was the point when he realized okay this is making me feel better in the short term but long term this is damaging my health. Yeah. Yeah, my wife said it was like
1: it was used to solve a problem that then became mm-hmm. a problem. Um he referenced that being on tour with R.E.M. in Italy. They're at this soccer stadium. There's 70,000 fans, and he is feeling awful. I think panic attacks started to seep in, and and he tried to kick it. Gave up the Vicodin for a while. Gave up the Vicodin. Yeah. Um, somewhere in here, a ghost is born is made, which this is kind of leading into my first song choice, if that's Okay. Um, but, but the completion of the story is he stopped taking Vicodin five weeks later, panic attack, goes to the ER. They give him some anti-anxiety medication. And then the next day he's back and they say, Hey, you know what? Um, you should go to a dual diagnosis clinic where they treat mental health issues and addiction. I don't think he had ever heard of this. He was kind of blown away by it. And that was a really impactful experience.
0: And then and then that's it. And so, yeah. So then he's in rehab and um, somewhere in that window right there recording Ghost is Born. Right. What, what was kind of the timeline of that? Just to clarify, Lance, do you know? So I know Ghost is Born. They pushed the re- release date a few weeks to accommodate Tweety coming out of rehab. Yeah. I I was trying to
1: kind of nail down that timeline. I think in some ways, like some of the songs that are on A Ghost is Born, they were playing live on the Yankee Hotel Foxtrot tour. So I'm guessing that they were recording some of these songs during the throes of his addiction, which which he himself has said, I think the looming sense of imminent demise comes across in the songs. You talked about, in a, in a previous episode you talked about like he was trying to kind of Put encapsulate of himself, himself. Yeah. yeah yeah in a noah's ark kind of way he used a lot of animal imagery for his kids yeah uh, i was pretty sure i was going to die he said so my my first choice actually is spiders kid smoke from a ghost is born with that said let's hear a little clip
0: glance I, I love this song as i said in the last episode was hoping to hear this at the riviera and got my wish fantastic Wilco song
1: i agree i i uh this one had to grow on me to be fair and it's it's information like i'm going to talk about here that helps me appreciate more i'm gonna i'm gonna just again quote from jeff's book he specifically talks about this song he says spiders can smoke is another recording where I feel like you can hear my condition pretty clearly. Because of its length over 10 minutes long, right? Getting a great full take felt unlikely with the window of my ability to remain upright, closing fast. So we restructured the song to be as minimal as possible with the fewest number of chord changes. This allowed me to just recite the lyrics and punctuate them with guitar scronks and scribbles to get through the song without having to concentrate past my headache too much. We attempted two takes and take one is the one on the record. Take two was incomplete. I remember a review from pitchfork when it came out was complaining like this record is more guitar solo heavy than previous Wilco. And they, they argued to their detriment and kind of like you're saying, like I don't know when A Ghost is Born was released. I don't know how much of this was public knowledge, but Tweedy is such a gifted lyricist that this is kind of maybe one of the first times where, man, he's really relying on the music to convey emotion. So like you said, I think this song is incredible. It's cool. It's fun. It is raw in a way that uh, other Wilco
0: albums aren't. I was going to ask you what you thought of the lyrics. I, I just pulled them up to refresh my memory. And Yeah. Let me check in with you. I, I, there's a lot of references to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> I know they own a a cabin
1: in Michigan. Yeah. I got to hear the song once in Michigan, which was really fun. Of
0: course you did. Of course you did. Yeah. Yeah. Where haven't you heard, Wilco?
1: I know, right?
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. A lot of of the lyrics on this album are open for interpretation, I would say. Yeah, they really are.
1: I, I, you know, one of the things that we've heard from some of our listeners about this podcast is there's a lot of talk about Jeff Tweedy. And to be fair, how can there not be tonight where he was the one that publicly struggled with an addiction? If other members
0: have... Besides Jay Bennett, that's not been that's not been clear. I was asking you before we got into this because I, I I did look that up. I was trying to find like this is a Wilco podcast, so obviously like Jeff Tweedy is the, the front man, and he went through an addiction. But I wanted to make sure that we included other members and talked about their struggles. But I, to the best of my knowledge, he is the only one who's who's dealt with it at least this severely.
1: Thank goodness. Yeah, but but on, on the flip side, I wanted to shout out John Stewart, um, the bassist of Wilco, the only other original, original member. member. Yep, from the band. Um, I mean, I looked hard for a quote because I I swear I've read this somewhere, but Jeff Tweedy has referenced when he was going through rehab, John Stewart really kept the band together, kept them anchored. I think they practiced. Um, I, I found a quote where somebody asked him in an interview, it, it was, I think the band was in Scotland. They got interviewed by a daily record there. They said, was there ever a time you thought the band would split up? And John Stewart says, yeah, definitely. I've been waiting on it for years. When you're in a rock band It's not wise to count on anything. I guess we just had rough periods. I remember thinking after two or three records, wow, that's all I can ask for in music. Uh, Another interview asked him, you and Jeff Tweedy have known each other a long time. Would you say you've been a grounding force, a source of support for him? And before he answered that, John Stewart said, Jeff invites a collaborative atmosphere that is what has kept me around. And then he goes on to say, and I, I I love this. He says, I definitely have been a grounding force to him in a lot of ways. He's been able to deal with stuff on his own, stopping drinking years ago, which we didn't even talk about. And then being able to take care of the pill addiction. He's been responsible for it himself. Um, and I, you know what, Morgan? I think, I think Jeff Tweedy gets that. I have this amazing DVD. Uh, it's a record store day release. <laughs> Fans will be familiar with this. There's a there's a live concert, Ashes of American Flags. And uh, Jeff has said, I think this band could absorb another
0: change as long as it's not John. Mm-hmm. So do you think we'd have the, do you think we'd still have Wilco without John Stewart? Wow. I
1: don't, I don't feel like I want to answer that, to be honest. <laughs> Part of me would say, "Well, Wilco is Jeff Tweedy. Jeff Tweedy is Wilco." But I, I personally, I think the reason I'm such a big fan is because of this current lineup of the band.
0: Yeah, fair. It's a solid lineup, as it's we've a solid lineup, as we've mentioned.
1: Shout out to John Stewart. That guy is—he's a secret weapon. You know, like he's—he's. He's, He's not always the most flashy or noticeable. You've got, you know, Nels Klein or Glenn Kochi kind of grabbing your attention. John Stewart, though. He's the constant. Yeah. Nice Lost. Nice Lost reference. Yeah. yeah,
0: I like that. <laughs> Best episode of Lost. What do you got, Morgan? I'm going to keep the convo going with Ghost is Born. Surprise, surprise. My favorite Wilco album. My picks tonight could kind of be looked at as like a before and after of you know the effects of tweety's wrestling with addiction and similar to the last episode i'm gonna like we do with Schmelko, i'm gonna reverse the record i'm gonna dial it back one song i'm gonna go with hell is chrome for the first pick
2: mm.
0: let's take a listen
2: was not red he was chrome and he said come with me you must go so I went
0: What the hell is this song about?
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. But I, I fell in love with this song and Wilco because of the live version on Kicking Television. This song
0: yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, great choice. Yeah. So there's a lot of like interpretations to this song, and and obviously I think that there's an addiction angle to this. Hence, picking it for this episode. I couldn't find a single quote about like what this song means from from Jeff Tweedy's perspective or the band. I've always been kind of a bit baffled by the song, and, and I mentioned earlier about picking the songs for my iPod back in two thousand four. This song did not make the cut.
2: No. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I've come around. I've come around. Um, I do. I do love this song now. I did set out to try to find a consensus on the meaning of the song, but there really doesn't seem to be one among fans. And take this as you will. I, I you know, I sometimes I look on uh message boards like Reddit or like songmeaning.com. Sure. And just kind of see what the fans are saying. It's really funny. So um the interpretations I saw, just to name a few, ranged from some saying that Chrome is definitely a reference to a heroin needle, which <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with because Tweety didn't go through a heroin addiction. Um, another person said the song is about the record labels and how the devil is an executive in a suit. And then another person said, uh, this may be my favorite one, that he thinks that this song is about how Tweety thinks Firefox is a better web browser than Google Chrome. Oh, Wow. Sorry. Rest in peace to Firefox. My point is this song can be interpreted however you want it to be interpreted. So again, as I do m- on most episodes, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and interpret this in real time. So take this with a grain of salt. Um, We're ready. We're ready. Our 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 beaks are open. Feed us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can cut that out. Uh, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Uh so yeah, I, I I tend to be in the camp that thinks the song is about drug addiction. It's, I think it's the temp, it's about the temptation and the pull toward the continuation of drug use. And given the timeline that the song was written and released, I, I do think it is auto, autobiographical. You know, I, not to like this isn't like super profound, but I, I you know I see the devil as like, like a classic representation of temptation. And chrome as maybe the descriptor for something inviting and shiny, something that is hard to ignore or put down. Tweety sings, when the devil came, he was not red. He was chrome, and he said, come with me. And then later he sings, I was welcomed with open arms. I received so much help in every way. And I kind of view the help as like the immediate relief that we were kind of talking about. The the immediate relief that the pills gave Tweety. He sings, I felt no fear. I felt no fear. So he's comforted in the moment, perhaps the moment that the pills are doing their work. You know, but the song kind of has this weirdly sinister tone that conflicts with the lyrics. Like, you know, in the beginning, it starts with this like jaunting, cheerful piano intro. And then the first line references the devil. (laughs) And it's kind of like this jarring moment that I think is intentional, right? Um, you know, when when the Vicodin hits, it's that immediate release and relief. But kind of like what we were saying, it's it's, it's feeding another problem that he eventually had to deal with. I'm kind of backed up here. Daniel Cook Johnson in Wikipedia. he pointed me to a Chicago Reader article written by Bob Mayer, who described Hell is Chrome as, quote, a dreamy drug allegory that presents Lucifer as the soothing rush of a morphine high and so as the song ends come with me come with me tweedy sings it's like he's being soothed he's he's kind of wrapped up in this high and that's kind of how the song how the song ends hmm. speaking to the musicality of the song aside from the meeting i i got a shout out again Tweety solo and like the the later third of the song Nels Nels Klein now plays this part live, but I think it's another great Tweety moment on guitar mm. from this album. Michael Madden of Consequence of Sound said of the solo that quote, "Any beginning guitar player can can learn these notes in like two seconds, but Tweedy just owns it. It's his." I totally agree with that. I, I, you know, it kind of cuts through. Um, you know, kind of similar to um, at least that's what what you said. The the solo moments just kind of cut through and and uh, just elevate the song even even more. Hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how I look at this song. And I mean, just given again, given the the time it was written and recorded, I can't help but think it's kind of just about that temptation of returning to these these pills and like the immediate comfort that it gave him. Wow. Um,
1: yeah, Morgan, I I gotta just say. This is yet another instance where it's a song I've heard. I love, I've never understood it. I've never explored this. I've never tried to learn and confirm what it's about, but I I'm just sitting here like really appreciating what you're, what you're sharing here that what a cool interpretation.
0: And it's just one of many, as I pointed out, you know, so take it, take it as you will. Um, what I love about doing this with you is kind of picking these, these lyrics apart mm-hmm. in the context of when they were written. Yeah, the, the interpretations are, especially on Ghost is Born, I think, can, can be pretty vast. Um, this is kind of interesting, too, aside from the meaning of the song. In a May 2004 interview with Colin Devonish of Rolling Stone, Devinish asked if there was a song that Wilco recorded for A Ghost is Born that, quote, served as a template for how you wanted the record to sound. And Tweety replied, Maybe Hell is Chrome, because that was one of the first songs we did in Chicago that we really tried to play live and let everything be wide open. I think the point all along was to keep recording and messing around in the studio the way we did in recording Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And then in the same interview, Devinish points out that there's a lot of songs on Ghost Is Born that feel open-ended, to our point about you know open-ended interpretations. And the album doesn't really draw any conclusions. And then Tweet replied that it's more about, quote, searching for I- identity. The conclusion kind of is that it's okay to not know. So, I, I, again, I think, I think a lot of these songs on Ghost is Born can be interpreted in, in a lot of different ways. But that's just kind of what I landed on. And, and also, fun fact, the, the first live performance of Hell is Chrome was also the live debut of Nels Klein and Pat Sansone. And this was at Otto's in DeKalb, Illinois. In 2004, which is kind of in my backyard, not not too far hey. from where I live. Yeah,
1: I, w- I was just looking at the Wilco website and seeing that uh, this song is not played very often. In fact, the last time they played it was a, a solid sound in 2019. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard it live. I I think that surprises me, actually.
0: Yeah, especially if it's going back to that... Rolling Stone interview, like the song that kind of set the tone for Ghost is Born.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For, for our listeners say this is Wilco's fifth album. Uh, You know, so like they're, they're, they're already kind of established, but also it's kind of like right around the time of a major shakeup, right before their current lineup was set in place, AKA their longest lineup of band members, I think this is really interesting. You and I are just drawn to this album. You said this is your favorite. This is my second favorite album of Woco. I I I don't quite know how to put words to why it's so high for me. I think it's because because of the rawness that we're talking about. I think it's it's more wild and and untamed than other Wilco albums
0: and and that's is my favorite Wilco I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why it was so fun for me to see a lot of Ghost Is Born played at the Riviera the other day is because this is an album full of songs that lends itself to the live environment I think. Yes. Where you can see Jeff Tweedy tear it up on guitar or you can see yeah that that experimental side of yes. them play out. Yeah. Exactly. All right, Lance. What do you, what do you got for us? What's the second second pick of the night?
1: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to kind of take a page from my last pick on childhood where I went off the Wilco catalog.
0: And Uh-oh.
1: I know, <laughs> buckle up. I'm going to choose Having Been Is No Way To Be from the solo Jeff Tweedy album called
2: Warm. I just get tired. Shine. Steady like a spider web's an empty stage. Now, people say, What drugs did you take? Why don't you start taking them again? But they're not my friends. And if I was dead, what difference would it Ever make to them if I got heart from time to time. Oh, well, how much freedom do I
1: need? I want to just highlight the second verse of this song. Man, this is like, this was an era where Jeff Tweedy was writing his memoir, and his he was very personal, very uh, vulnerable in his lyrics. This is, I think, came out in 2018. Second verse of this song. Now, people say, what drugs did you take? And why don't you start taking them again? What difference would it ever make to them but they're not my friends? And if I was dead, what difference would it ever make to them if I got high from time to time? I wonder how much freedom you would need and I'd be sorry when you wake up to me. I'm reaching out to you. I'm writing all the time. I don't see deep, but I see far and wide. Um, I This is this is Tweety speaking to this, this recurring tr- Criticism that he made his best work when he was struggling with addiction. Um, There's a Men's Journal article in 2019 that interviewed Tweedy, and they wrote, On having been is no way to be, Jeff Tweedy contends with the fact that some fans and critics have wished aloud that he were still on drugs as he was when he recorded some of Wilco's most well-received albums. It's as if they're telling him, quote, I don't want you to be happy because I like the music you made when you were less whole, when you were less of a human. And then Tweedy says, if that's the case, go back and listen to those records if that's what you fucking want to do. They exist. They're not going anywhere. Tweedy's been very outspoken about the idea of the tortured artist, right? There's this idea that the best art is made when suffering is involved. Um, And he sees himself as really thriving when he's taking care of himself. Um, I, I I like this quote from a New York Times interview in 2009. He says, I was never at my best when I was at my worst. Having a solid base allows you to look at darker things and actually think about them. I debate people about the suffering myth, this tortured artist stuff, and they almost never buy it. Yeah, I, I think this song is is just it's pointed. It's like he finally gets to address this in a song and just say, what this this makes no sense. Uh Wilco is such a mental health friendly band that for Consumers to say, man, he should start using again, you know? I mean, personally, Morgan, I've never read these comments, which I'm glad, but I I don't doubt that they're out there because, you know, you frequently see people touting being there, summer teeth, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot as as Wilco's peak.
0: Yeah, I think to your point about consumerism, I think people lose... Decided that like these are real human people creating these songs. And I think a lot of times these comments are made kind of flippantly without any thought into like the real human implication of oh, I want I want this person to to be addicted to drugs again so I can consume music that I like more than what they're creating now. Exactly. I think yeah, I think there's detachedness is that a word um, between like what we consume and the people behind content that we're consuming? Exactly. Exactly.
1: I like where this song goes. I-, I picture it as Jeff Tweedy talking to his wife, which, by the way, last episode on childhood, I called her Susie Tweedy throughout the thing. That's not her name. Her name is Susie Miller. Apologies.
0: Should we go delete that episode real quick? Let's
1: go delete it. Let's re-record it. <laughs> but but he he's he has this recurring line where from time to time I'd watch you sleep. I wonder how much freedom we can dream and I'm sorry when you wake up to me and then at the end of the song he comes back to that same scenario having been is no way to be alive there's the title coming in and by the way, what a line having been is no way to be alive and I'm alive. When I watch you sleep, I wonder how much freedom we need. And I'm here when you wake up to me. I'm still here when you wake up to me. Oh my goodness. I'm, I've got chills right now saying that because he, he takes it from people critiquing his art to this place of family and relationships And he has said, this is from Jeff's memoir, Let's Go So We Can Get Back. He says, I might still be an Uncle Tupelo if Jay Farrar hadn't ended it. When I had to start over again with Woco, I had the same fearful protectiveness. Keep the band together. It doesn't matter if it feels miserable sometimes or if trying to make music in this environment fills me with self-loathing or if drugs keep making things chaotic you stick with it because the band must persevere. The band must survive. The band, the band. It was an amazing relief to realize it's just a band. I don't have to keep these relationships alive at any cost. It doesn't matter. That kind of devotion to something entirely made up like a quote, band is silly and can even be dangerous. I'll always have the comfort and consolation of making music, even if it's just me and a guitar. If it stops feeling okay, I can end it. I need to end it. There are only three people I've committed myself to completely for the rest of my life. Susie, Spencer, and Sammy, my actual family. Everybody else will take it day to day. If we still want to be around one another and play music with one another, Let's keep doing it. If not, we can take a break. Life is short and you should wake up in the morning feeling excited about what you do. And if you don't and you can afford to stop, you should stop even if it makes some people angry. End quote. Yeah, it's just, it It helps me appreciate Wilco more to realize this is a gift that we continue to receive. Um, the man does not owe us anything. None of these guys do. And uh it, he just sounds incredibly healthy now, and I'm I'm really happy for him.
0: Yeah. Well, I gotta be honest, Lance. Um I'm pretty unfamiliar with Warm as an as a whole. I I I really like Tweety's solo work, I'm I'm kind of unfamiliar with. So I'll need to spend some more time with that. But this is a perfect segue to my second pick of the night our last song of the night and it is coming from sky blue sky so i said my my song choices were kind of like a before and after of tweety's addiction maybe not quite after but maybe like you know on the other side of like the biggest hurdle yeah Um, so sky blue sky if you don't count kicking television sky blue sky was the proper studio follow-up to a ghost is born Um, And the song I'm picking off that album is Please Be Patient With Me. So let's take a listen to that.
2: I should warn you when I'm not well. I can't tell. Oh, there's nothing I can. Easier for you, you're gonna need to be patient. Blessings get so blurred at the sound of your words. I'm gonna need you to be patient with me.
0: So, to your to your quote about Tweety, like, only devoting his life to Susie and his sons. Um, I'll get to that in a minute but that really kind of sums up what I'm I'm where I'm going with 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 this song. Overall, we've talked about this on this podcast sky blue sky. You know, there's there's a real calm after the storm vibe to this album. You know, the yeah. the son- even like the sonic differences between a ghost is born and sky blue sky, they couldn't be more vast. A ghost is born is an album where you see Tweety really trudging through that difficult time he's in the thick of it. There's like a lot of, you know, the, the songs don't necessarily have a cohesion to them. You know, you, you have like, at least that's what you said, followed by hell is Chrome followed by spiders, you know, like, all like three very different songs and, uh, musically. Um, but with sky blue sky, it's a very consistent album. It's the, the, the style is very cohesive it's very calm and, and has like a reflective tone to it. As you mentioned on our shout outs episode, either way, the opener of Sky Blue Sky, with its reference to the Serenity Prayer, kind of sets the overall tone of this album. It's Tweety writing as someone accepting the things he cannot change and moving forward with the courage to change the things he can, or at least attempting to. And so with. Please be patient with me. You get the best glimpse of Tweedy wrestling and reflecting on this idea, the idea that he seems thankful to be on the other side of rehab, but he's not quite fully healed. And in this song, I kind of picture him speaking to Susie and his boys, and he's almost apologizing, but more so he's assuring them that he cares and he's trying to get better. To please be patient with him. So Jane Anderman of the Boston Globe said, quote, This song sounds a lot like a recovering addict's mea culpa, bruised and grateful and exposed. And I feel like that's a perfect summation of my reaction to the song, how I feel about this song. He sings, I should warn you when I'm not well, I can't tell. Oh, there's nothing I can do to make this easier for you. You're going to need to be patient with me. So you kind of see that guilt that he knows that he can't do anything to make it easier for them. He's going kind to of put the family in this situation. And then he sings, How can I warn you when my tongue turns to dust? Like we've discussed, it doesn't mean that I don't care. It means I'm partially there. So partially there, he's he's still actively recovering. He's not fully healed, but he certainly cares. And then I love this line, My blessings get so blurred at the sound of your words. You kind of see this conflicting emotional pull like on one hand he recognizes how blessed he is to be here. I like said earlier in this episode we talked we talked about how on a ghost is born he was thought that it was potentially his last record that he he'd release with Wilco and he wanted to pour himself into that music and give glimpses of himself for his kids to see someday. But then on the other hand there's a burden that he brings. So he's got this, he realizes he's, he's blessed, but he's also bringing a burden, an emotional burden, mainly probably that he put his family through this. So like I've said a million times on this podcast, you kind of see this optimism coming through. So please be patient with me. Be patient. It's almost like a promise. Like I'm getting better. I'm on the road to recovery and I love and I care about you, and I recognize that you've loved and cared for me throughout it all. Yeah, I think this is a beautiful song. I love it.
1: I know I say this every week, but <laughs> <laughs> this this is another favorite, like all time favorite Wilco we'll song. Yeah, um, I I relate to it in a lot of different ways. I've, it's funny I've never thought about it in the context of addiction, and I feel like that's maybe a bit foolish of me. Because sky blue sky is is like you said, it's known as the kind of like recovery season for for Jeff Tweedy. Mm-hmm. There's a rawness here that and a vulnerability that it feels contagious. You know, like I, f- I feel like I've been tempted to want to sing this type of song in my marriage. Please be patient with me. You know, like I'm, I'm aware. It it, it kind of reminds me of the the Nico lyric from These Days, like please don't confront me with my failures. I had not forgotten them. Yeah. I Morgan. I heard an interview with Jeff Tweedy um, from a New York times podcast with Ezra Klein. And this came out in 2021. And it's interesting because of, out of all the lyrics that could have been referenced, Ezra Klein brought this song up and I, I think he asked him about like what is that what does the second verse mean like the apple and the stone yeah yeah and uh I I just pulled up a transcript from that interview do you have these all like bookmarks
0: No no <laughs> I, I I just
1: remembered it's I was like, like I got to find this You have all these uh Wilco bookmarks I know I know it's cataloged in my in I my feel brain
0: like You've always got a a story or a or <laughs> a, a, a source I know for a follow up on, on my song choice. It's great. It's great.
1: Tweety says, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, people really want to know what things mean and I'm no different. I rely upon my brain really craving meaning. But in the case of some of these lyrics that I write that tend to be more abstract, what they mean to me is the feeling, the shock of mystery that happens when I say them out loud or when I sing them. And that's what it means to me. It becomes this thing that's much more. Uh, It has this flexibility to feel very specifically about a different thing on any given night. I've elaborated in the past. I've told different versions, probably what I think the lyric to that song mean to me in a more didactic or storytelling sense. But I think if I'm being completely honest, it's just I always want a song to sing. I always want a new song to sing. And what I think of as, as a song to sing is something that makes me feel like I've been electrocuted a little bit when I say it out loud or when I put it when it's attached to a melody and it doesn't just work with any two words. He continues, you can put any two words together and I'm pretty confident that it's going. If you look at them long enough, they contain worlds. And if you can find a million different meanings for lots of different combinations that are unnatural or maybe shocking in a way, but they don't all do that thing when you sing them. And those lyrics did for me, this thing that I'm always looking for, whether it's the direct lyric, like, please be patient with me. That definitely has that. Even just saying that phrase out loud to you just now, I still feel like, oh, oh okay, I mean that. And I mean impossible Germany, unlikely Japan. I don't know how, but I mean it. So
0: something's being, something's being caught up in those moments. I think sometimes lyrics, like, like I said, like, you bring your own interpretation, but sometimes there are, are combination of lyrics that, like they can mean nothing to anyone except the author. Or maybe that's, maybe that's not true, but totally, like you said, totally I'm this apple. I'm this apple, this happening stone when I'm alone. I don't even know where to begin to, to break that apart. But then the second half of that, like I said, my blessings get so blurred at the sound of your words. Like I can pull something from that.
1: Morgan, when you hear a lyric like that, I'm this apple, this happening stone, like what happens for you? Do you feel okay just like leaving it at that? Do you feel a need to decode it?
0: No, no, I don't. I don't always feel the need to decode lyrics. I think the nature of this podcast is making me look at these lyrics a lot more closely and examine what they mean. But in a natural, like, if we weren't doing this, I would still love the song, but I probably wouldn't be examining the meaning of, of the song as closely. You look at a lyric like, I'm this apple, this happening stone when I'm alone. I don't know what a happening stone is. So some lyrics are just a lot harder to to understand. And I think in some ways, some lyrics are reserved for the songwriter. Yes. Like you said earlier, Jeff Tweed doesn't owe us anything. So... Maybe some of his lyrics are so deeply personal that we can't even begin to to try to interpret them.
1: I'm speaking to a songwriter, and I'm curious if any songs from Swede <laughs> by Tim and a Life jacket. I'm curious if this re- resonates at all that the vagueness is something that only you would be able to understand fully
0: well. <laughs> I don't think you could put me and Tweety in the same camp. Uh, I don't. I think like maybe ten people have listened to my album over the course of like eight years. What?
1: Whatever. I'm I'm about to start a podcast. It's called Tim and a Life Jacket. The podcast.
0: Okay. So cool. good luck with that. Thank you. I you appreciate have, that. You won't. You'll last like maybe an episode. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean. If you wanna like weigh my opinion on this with Jeff Tweedy, which seems kind of absurd, uh I think a lot of my lyric writing is deeply personal hmm. to the point where like I want people to relate to the essence of it, I guess, but right. then there are, there are moments that are like I know what I was trying to get after, but maybe listeners will have their own interpretation. I think that's cool too. Yeah. I don't know. That's my, I love that. (laughs) It's good to get the opinion of an actual songwriter.
1: And I, I mean that with full sincerity. Appreciate you, man. Morgan, how was this for you to talk uh, addiction tonight?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's I mean, thankfully for me, it's a pretty, um, it's a topic. I'm, I'm, I don't have a lot of personal relationship to. But a yeah, heavy topic. And I I think I'm just like what you said earlier. I'm just thankful that he's well yeah. and healthy and we're able to get these reflections from him. Yeah. And that we have more Wilco music. Yeah. Post to ghost is born.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great, that's a great way to end that this could have been a very, very different story. We are, we're really lucky to still have him like like we said he he thought his end was much earlier and uh it's crazy that was like 2003 2004 it's crazy here it is 2023 20 years later they're still kicking and 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 healthy taking care of themselves i i learned that 1 in 5 Americans will try opiates in their lifetime and it's the second most addictive substance behind nicotine. So, I mean, for him to, for him to kick it and survive that is, is remarkable. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm grateful that he's, that he's, he's still with us.
0: Absolutely. Well, Lance, as usual, it's been great picking a topic and Pulling these songs apart a little bit. I just want to, again, thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We've been seeing the numbers go up and up. And so cool that you all are enjoying what we're doing here. This little homegrown podcast. And uh, we're having a good time. Hope you're having a good time. More to come in the coming weeks on Welcome to the Podcast. Lance, any parting comments? I think you've covered it, man. I' it's super grateful, having a ton of fun.
1: Good to be with you guys, uh, Morgan. I just got tickets to see Jeff Tweedy in Boulder, Colorado, in July. I am excited. You've always got to have
2: uh, something to look uh, forward uh, to.
1: Yeah, you got to have a
0: Tweedy Wokos upcoming event on the horizon. <laughs> so I've been seeing photos of Iceland. Yes, and man, I'm I'm jealous. I'm not there right now. I know my uh, my brother in law actually lives in Reykjavik. I should I should phone him and how many how much time do I have to hop on a plane? Maybe I can make it work. <laughs> yeah, you know you you're good. You're good. Go for it. <laughs> Sold out show, but you know that didn't stop us before. Hey, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Welcome to the Podcast, folks. Thank you again for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.